Chapter Two of Abraham Lincoln: A History, Volume Six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Abraham Lincoln: A History, Volume Six by John Hay and John George Nicolay. Chapter Two, Mexico. While the administration of Mr. Lincoln was exerting all its energies to cope with the exacting emergencies of civil war, it was compelled to watch with unsleeping vigilance the measures and intentions of enemies all over the world. The hostility of European powers, unable to find a pretext for a direct attack, manifested itself in a movement on what may be called the right flank of the Republic, against its sister nation, Mexico this unhappy country so long torn by internal dissensions which were the direct result of the cruel and corrupt rule of spain had reached and perhaps passed its lowest point of anarchy and misrule the presidency was now occupied by the most remarkable man that mexico had produced and under the firm and patient hands of benito juarez the beginnings of something like social order were already making their appearance in the public life of the country but the state of things existing there was still deplorable. All the evil growths that spring up in the track of a long and devastating civil war flourished with rank luxuriance. There was little safety for life or property. Assassinations were of frequent occurrence. There was only the most imperfect security for the enforcement of contracts. These evils, which the Mexicans themselves were forced to bear uncomplainingly, roused constant and vehement reclamations on the part of foreigners doing business in mexico yet still they remained there it was difficult for many who had embarked all their interests in affairs to get away and it is to be presumed that there as elsewhere fishing in troubled waters afforded a prospect of such large gains as to compensate for the enormous risks involved but on the seventeenth of july eighteen sixty one on the recommendation of president juarez the Congress, which had already suppressed the religious orders and confiscated the church property, as a further means of financial relief to the nation, suspended for two years all payments on the national debt, which was principally in the hands of foreigners. Shortly after this there was a slight street disturbance, in which a political procession, finding itself in front of the French legation, as if with a premonition of the hostile relations which were soon to exist between the two countries, broke out in shouts of death to the french and a shot was fired at the legation this outrage led to a severe protest on the part of the diplomatic body not confined to the european ministers but headed by thomas corwin the american plenipotentiary whose sincere friendship for mexico was well known the government struggling with every kind of embarrassment was unable to give prompt redress either in the matter of financial default or in the more flagrant cases of outrage and murder a tax of one per cent on all capital exceeding two thousand dollars was imposed in the month of august and this led to new protests on the part of the diplomatic body sir charles lennox wyke the representative of great britain in mexico addressed frequent communications to the mexican foreign office in terms of frank disrespect to which mr zamacona the Mexican Minister of Foreign Affairs replied in a tone of exquisite courtesy, trying to excuse what could not be remedied, and continually making promises which it was impossible to keep, until at last Sir Charles Wick made upon the Mexican government the impossible demand that they should, by executive action, 
within forty-eight hours annul the decree of congress of the seventeenth of july failing which he ceased his official diplomatic relations with them meanwhile diplomacy had been busy on the other side of the atlantic between the courts of london paris and madrid the british government appears in the matter to have had no object in view but the collection of money due to british subjects and the redress of wrongs committed upon them in mexico the intervention of spain though it was mainly prompted by similar motives was not without a suspicion of ulterior dynastic designs while on the part of france there was a mixture of many different schemes some of which were avowed and others were unavowable it is not within the scope of this work to recount the scandals with which the air of paris was filled in reference to speculations in which persons near the tuileries were said to have been engaged and which were understood to have exercised a powerful influence upon the conduct of the french government in its mexican enterprise it is enough for us to quote the letter which the emperor himself wrote to general fourier in the summer of eighteen sixty two to show that the expedition to mexico was founded upon the hope that the internal troubles of the american republic would prevent its rulers from interposing a veto upon the emperor's scheme of conquest and that he intended nothing less than to establish an empire in mexico which would build up a barrier to the supposed ambitious schemes of the united states and vastly increase the power and prestige of the french republic in both hemispheres it is our interest he writes that the republic of the united states shall be powerful and prosperous but it is not at all to our interest that she should grasp the whole gulf of mexico rule thence the antilles as well as south america and be the sole dispenser of the products of the new world we see to-day by sad experience how precarious is the faith of an industry which is forced to seek its raw material in a single market under all the vicissitudes to which that market is subject if on the contrary mexico preserves her independence and maintains the integrity of her territory if a stable government be there established with the aid of france we shall have restored to the latin race on the other side of the ocean its force and its prestige we shall have guaranteed the safety of our own and the spanish colonies in the antilles we shall have established our benign influence in the centre of america and this influence while creating immense outlets for our commerce Will produce the raw material which is indispensable to our industry mexico thus regenerated will always be favorable to us not only from gratitude but also because her interests will be identical with our own and because she will find support in the good will of european powers if this scheme of the emperors as outlined in his own words seems vague and visionary it is on that account all the more characteristic of its author few of his schemes could bear the test of reality his most ambitious plans were of the stuff that dreams are made of and his purposes in regard to mexico were none the less hostile to the true interests of the american republic that they were founded upon an absolute misconception of facts and faded away in logical and predestined disappointment and discredit in the correspondence of earl russell with lord cowley the british minister in paris it is evident that he was aware of some of the difficulties in the way of a tripartite joint intervention he referred to the dislike and apprehension which the advent of spanish troops would excite in mexico on the part of the liberals and of the odium of british interference on the part of the church faction but he exhibited a singular ignorance of the state of feeling in the south 
when he spoke of the universal alarm which would be excited both in the united states and the southern states at the contemplation of european interference in the domestic quarrels of an american independent republic the southern leaders would have hailed with joy the annexation of half a dozen spanish american republics by any european power which would have assisted them in their furious family quarrel yet lord russell seriously thought the menace of the independence of mexico on the part of european powers would have a tendency to bring about a reconciliation between the northern and southern states a few days later lord russell announced that the government of the queen were now prepared to enter into a convention with france and spain to obtain redress for injuries from mexico but that it would be proper to stipulate in the convention that the forces of the contracting parties should not be employed for any other purpose than that specified and especially that they should not interfere with the internal government of mexico he thought that the government of the united states ought to be invited to adhere to any such convention but he did not think it necessary that in anticipation of the concurrence of the united states the three powers should defer the commencement of their contemplated operations against mexico the same dispatch was sent to sir john crampton at madrid the government of spain made no special objection to inviting the adherents of the united states though marshal o'donnell doubted whether that country would care to take part in the matter and added that spain could not think in any case of postponing the measures which it had determined to adopt he disclaimed any desire for exclusive advantages on the part of his government in his opinion nothing could be more detrimental to spain than the recovery of her ancient possessions in america with regard to cuba and the philippines it was different because their insular position and other circumstances still rendered their possession advantageous to the mother country the recent acquisition by spain of santo domingo might he remarked appear to be a deviation from this principle but that was accounted for by its proximity to cuba as sir john crampton reported in a subsequent dispatch there was perhaps a shade of difference between the views of the british and the spanish governments in this matter while england wanted absolutely nothing but money due her and a redress of injuries spain while agreeing in general to the policy of non-intervention in the internal affairs of mexico still hoped as the result of the measures proposed for the establishment of some settled form of government which would afford guarantees for the future calderon colantes remarked that at the bottom of the civil strife in mexico there was a contest between two races which was not generally borne in mind the spanish race was at all times in the minority in that country and from natural causes the disproportion between it and the original indian race was continually increasing if these causes continue to operate unchecked by the moral superiority of the european element and were aggravated by a continual recurrence of the intestine struggles there could be no doubt that the germs of civilization which had been originally planted by spain would be crushed out and the country would relapse into something of the same condition in which it was found by cortes these ideas however seemed merely didactic for when sir john asked whether the spanish government contemplated a prolonged occupation of the mexican ports until such a government as they desired could be established calderon colantes emphatically repudiated any such design the president and mr seward saw clearly the inconvenience and the possible serious complications which would result from the proposed intervention and before it was concluded they made all possible efforts to remove the supposed necessity for it mr corwin under his instructions supported energetically 
at mexico the just reclamations and the reasonable suggestions of the british legation and when he was convinced that the mexican government were really unable to meet the equitable demands of the foreign representatives he undertook to negotiate an arrangement for supplying them with the means which they lacked this negotiation first took the form of a proposed guarantee by the united states of the payment of the interest of the foreign national debt of mexico and while these negotiations were in progress mr seward informed the representatives of england france and spain of the intentions of the american government and suggested that the proposed intervention should therefore be postponed he received no encouragement from lord lyons to whom this project was communicated that the three powers would look favorably upon it and the plan of the american government was afterwards modified to that of advancing to mexico a large sum of money all at once for the extinction of her foreign obligations but the entire scheme came to nothing the tripartite convention was signed in london on the thirty first of october it was very brief and simple it merely provided for the sending of an expeditionary force to mexico to seize and occupy certain ports on the coast of that country each of the contracting parties was to send a commissioner with full authority to arrange for the application and distribution of the money due from mexico as it should be collected each disclaimed any intentions looking toward the acquisition of territory or of any particular advantage or any coercion of the mexican nation in their form of government the convention also provided that the united states should be invited to adhere to it the amount of the expeditionary force to be contributed by each nation was not specified in the convention but it was afterwards arranged that the spanish squadron should consist of twelve or fourteen vessels carrying in all about three hundred guns two large steam transports were to accompany the squadron and the number of troops was to amount to four thousand or five thousand men the whole expedition was to be under the command of lieutenant-general don juan prim who was also appointed the diplomatic commissioner of spain the french expedition was to be about the same size under the command of admiral Jurine de la Guevere. before the time came for the expedition to start the incident of the capture of mason and slidell had so strained the relations between great britain and the united states that it was not thought prudent in london to detach any large force to the coast of mexico on the fourth of december lord russell informed the french and spanish courts that her majesty's government in the present state of their relations with the united states proposed to send only one line of battleship and two frigates to form part of the expedition to mexico and that the number of their supernumerary marines would be seven hundred the invitation of the three powers to the united states to adhere to the convention of london was delivered on the thirtieth of november mr seward replied that the president did not question the undoubted right of the three powers to seek severally or jointly redress of their grievances from mexico and to levy war against that power if necessary he expressed the satisfaction the president felt in the assurance given by the powers that they would not seek to impair the right of the mexican people to choose and freely constitute the form of their own government it was true that the united states had claims against mexico but the president was of the opinion that it would be inexpedient to seek satisfaction of those claims at this time through an act of accession to the convention among the reasons mr seward continues for this decision which the undersigned is authorized to assign are first that the united states as far as it is practicable prefer to adhere to a traditional policy recommended to them by the father of their country and confirmed by a happy experience which forbids their making alliances with foreign nations secondly mexico being a neighbor of the united states on this continent 
and possessing a system of government similar to our own in many of its important features the united states habitually cherish a decided good will towards that republic and a lively interest in its security prosperity and welfare animated by these sentiments the united states do not feel inclined to resort to forcible remedies for their claims at the present moment when the government of mexico is deeply disturbed by faction within and exposed to war with foreign nations and of course the same sentiments render them still more disinclined to allied war against mexico than to war to be urged against her by themselves alone mr seward then referred to the proposed treaty of the united states with mexico the object of which was to place it within the power of that nation to satisfy the just claims and demands of foreign powers and promised if these negotiations offered any sufficient ground on which to justify a proposition to the high contracting powers on the part of mexico he would hasten to submit such a proposition to them he then informed the high contracting parties that the president proposed to send a naval force to the gulf of mexico to guard the interests of the united states and its citizens this and all other measures being taken in the spirit of peace and friendship not only towards mexico but towards the allied powers themselves spain did not wait for her colleagues for on the fifth of december the spanish expedition sailed from havana to vera cruz it was an imposing squadron of twenty-six men-of-war and transports the troops embarking amounting to six thousand of all arms under the command of don manuel gasset this was a much larger force than was originally intended and the chagrin of the english government both at the premature departure of the spanish expedition and at its greatly increased proportions was deepened by the announcement received in january from the french government that the emperor proposed to increase his expeditionary force by three thousand or four thousand men the seven hundred british marines thus came to form a most insignificant proportion of the entire force it was not many days later when lord russell became aware of the ulterior intentions of the powers in regard to the future government of mexico he was informed by lord cowley on the twenty fifth of january that it was the general impression in paris among the officers going with the reinforcements to mexico that the object of the expedition was to place the archduke maximilian of austria upon the throne the french minister of foreign affairs being interpolated on the subject said there had been no communication between the governments of france and austria in regard to it but that application had been made by prominent mexicans to the archduke himself earl russell dryly communicated this information to sir charles wick a few days later saying if the mexican people by a spontaneous movement place the austrian archduke on the throne of mexico there is nothing in the convention to prevent it on the other hand we could be no parties to a forcible intervention to that purpose the mexicans must consult their own interests the allied forces met with no opposition in their occupation of veracruz and the fortress of san juan de ulia the mexicans retired a little distance into the interior and limited their work of resistance to cutting off the supplies of the enemy they had in their weakness and poverty a more powerful auxiliary upon their side than a disciplined army corps would have been the climate of the mexican lowlands the tierras calientes is one of the most deadly in the world to those unaccustomed to it by holding the high ground between these lowlands and the capital they simply condemned the invading force to death by yellow fever the actual presence of the invading army upon their shores had for a time stilled the strife of faction in mexico and the conciliatory policy of president juarez toward his opponents succeeded for the time in banding together 
all the constitutional parties in defense of the administration united in this momentary concord they were capable of offering a formidable resistance to the expeditionary corps consisting of only about twenty five thousand in all if they should attempt to march into the more healthful interior simultaneously with this novel concord among the mexicans appeared the beginnings of serious contention among the foreigners while the purpose of france seemed to be to forward certain stock-jobbing schemes which had their promoters in neighborhoods near the throne and to establish a latin empire on the ruins of the republic under the rule of an austrian archduke it soon became apparent that the spanish civil and military authorities concentrated on the astute and resolute juan prim marquis de lo Casilios had a very different intentions he carried in petto it was thought the scheme of placing upon the throne of the aztecs a prince of the house of bourbon and after having initiated and taken the advance of the expedition he did not regard with complacency the prospect of acting merely as the cat's paw of france in its further progress and completion the english government not sharing in either of the dynastic schemes of its allies and being engaged in the expedition from practical and business motives was ready to succeed from the enterprise as soon as it could see a material advantage in such a course president juarez assisted by senor zamacona who was at that time and for years afterwards one of the most distinguished of mexican statesmen both in integrity and ability as well as in tact and adroitness soon succeeded in fanning the flames of discontent between the allies into open disagreement the first diplomatic success was in arranging an interview between general prim and senor doblado the mexican secretary of state these high functionaries met on the road between cordova and orzaba and made a sort of treaty afterwards known as the convention of soledad from the name of the village where they met it permitted the allies to move to a more healthful situation in the tierras templadas but it adjourned the time for actual negotiations until the middle of april in this way a double advantage was gained by the mexicans they acquired from the allies a recognition of the government of president juarez and gave him time for further military preparations delaying the action of the allied expedition to a period when the fever would be most destructive to them and after the convention was agreed upon its most decided advantage on the side of the mexicans immediately declared itself prim having signed it presented it to his colleagues and while the british representative regarded it with favor as affording a precedent and basis for separate negotiation on the part of his government the french admiral positively repudiated it and the ultimate result was that to the delight of the mexicans an open feud broke out among the allies which ended in spain and england withdrawing from the alliance making separate terms with the mexican government satisfactory to their respective foreign offices at home and leaving france to carry on the invasion by herself even before this result was reached juarez foreseeing it bent all his energies to the work of dealing with the french when they should have become completely isolated he took the severest measures against those disaffected politicians who had imagined that in siding with the french they were merely carrying on a customary faction fight having captured one mexican of high rank who was complicated in the invasion he tried to execute him inside to the french camp as a traitor and felon he made a demand upon the french admiral for the expulsion from his camp of senor alamonte the leading agent of the opposition who had come to the french camp directly from paris bearing a letter from the emperor with this demand as a matter of course the french admiral refused to comply 
although his english and spanish colleagues advised that alamante should be sent away the end of all these dissensions among them was that on the eighth of april eighteen sixty two general prim and sir charles wick took their leave of admiral urien de la Guevara, returned to vera cruz with the forces and sailed home the progress of the invading party was slow the unfortunate alamante did his best to carry out his part of the program by stirring up insurrections and inciting pronunciamientos in the cities nearest the french camp but the country did not take fire at his approach as he had promised the courts of paris and vienna it was evident that the force on the ground was entirely inadequate to the work to be done and general lorences came with reinforcements in the course of the spring which so far encouraged alamante and his faction that they assured the general that if he would march on puebla the city would throw open its gates at his approach deceived by these promises lorences went forward and encountered a prompt and severe defeat under the walls of puebla he was forced to retreat to orizaba whence he reported his misadventure and asked for reinforcements several indecisive engagements took place between his force and the mexican army the french had generally the advantage in battle but the vomito rapidly avenged the mexican losses by the sword even if the emperor of france had now been able to perceive the unfortunate tendency of the enterprise upon which he had entered with so little judgment and foresight it was out of his power to withdraw from it not only was the honor of france seriously engaged in this contest with a people so weak and so torn by internal dissensions that defeat of the french arms by them would have been an irreparable disgrace but he knew also that the political effect of confessing a failure in this adventure would be disastrous in the extreme he therefore sent over in october eighteen sixty two a reinforcement of thirty five thousand men under command of general fourier this force comprised besides the picked troops of the french army a force of egyptian black troops a friendly loan to the emperor from said pasha threatened by this formidable army juarez still did not lose heart but exerted himself to the utmost to prepare an adequate reception for the invaders in their next march towards the capital the city of puebla was as strongly fortified as the slender resources of the republic would permit the mexicans did not wait this time to receive an assault within their fortifications they went forward meeting the advance of foray and almost destroying a force of four thousand men under general berthier and when at last foray came with his main force before puebla it was only to repeat the disaster of lorences in the spring when winter came on tampico and Jalapa, which had been held for some time by the french were evacuated to allow foray to bring all his troops to the defence of his threatened lines and smallpox took up the work of destruction which the vomito at the approach of cold weather had relinquished with the close of the year the only result which the french commander could report to his emperor was a sadly diminished force and a pressing necessity for reinforcements after their refusal to join the european powers in the proposed intervention in mexican affairs the government of the united states saw no necessity of further action except to define their attitude with the utmost clearness for the benefit of all parties a circular of the secretary of state dated the third of march eighteen sixty two contains the following statement the president has relied upon the assurance given his government by the allies that they were in pursuit of no political object but simply the redress of their grievances he entertains no doubt of the sincerity of the allies and if his confidence in their good faith had been disturbed 
it would be restored by the frank explanation given by them that the governments of spain france and great britain have no intention of intervening to procure a change in the constitutional form of government now existing in mexico or of any political change which should be in opposition to the will of the mexican people in short he has cause to believe that the allies are unanimous in declaring that the revolution proposed to mexico is solely prompted by certain mexican citizens now in europe there is reason to think that the president was not quite so naive as to receive with absolute credulity the assertions of the allied powers as to their innocent intentions towards the mexican republic and in reading that diplomatic circular and others like it one cannot but recognize a certain tone of courteous sarcasm in these repeated assertions of perfect faith in the representations made by the allied monarchs but it was not in the power of the government of the united states to take any different action at that moment and though giving utterance to no expressions of indignation at the aggression upon a sister republic or of gratification at disasters which met the aggressor the president and mr seward while continually asserting at every proper opportunity the adherence of the american government to its traditional policy of discouraging european intervention in the affairs of the new world simply bided their time End of chapter two